Next up, we're joined by Jack Schneider. Uh, this is his fourth book. He's the co-author of A Wolf at the Schoolhouse Door, The Dismantling of Public Education and the Future of School. It's a great read. Jack, thanks for joining us. Welcome, Jack. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Seen you speak a number of times about the book and obviously education, and you spend a lot of time setting it up, the history of how we got to this point. You mention in the book, with the exception of a brief and ill-fated push by the Reagan administration, vouchers had slowly faded from the conservative policy agenda. Can you tell us why they're back and how that fits into the history of how we got to this moment? Yeah, there are a few reasons why uh, they've come roaring back uh, in the past couple of years after having seemingly been dead uh, during the early years of the Reagan administration. One of the reasons is that conservatives and neoliberals over the past couple of decades have really elevated school choice as a kind of fundamental right in education. Um, That was a policy compromise. Right. So neoliberals, people like Cory Booker, for instance, saw charter schools as a way of opening up the traditional public education system to choice, the market, some competition, but preventing the sort of full scale marketization that conservative ideologues had been proposing from 1960 onwards. Uh, For conservatives, you know, they really saw that Uh, vouchers weren't something the American people were interested in uh, and really stopped pushing for them in the mid-1980s and saw charter schools as a way to introduce elements of the free market into the public education system while recognizing that vouchers were probably an end game that they weren't going to get to. Uh, At the same time, there were people in that group, people like Betsy DeVos, for whom vouchers were always the end game. And that's really important to remember here because uh, a lot of these Democrats who went along with school choice believed that this was a kind of good faith compromise that charters were the end of the line. And really, they just ended up laying a long runway for people like Betsy DeVos or her New Hampshire counterpart, Frank Edelblut, to land the voucher airplane on. Uh, Americans have been told for the past couple of decades that school choice is a kind of panacea, um, that the traditional public education system is broken. Um, This has done a lot to open up opportunities for market schemes. Um, Another key reason is that they've learned to put their old wine into new bottles, Mm. right? We're not talking about bad politicians here, even if we disagree with their ideas they have succeeded in repackaging some of these ideas as quote unquote disruptive innovations, right? Um, They're bringing us um, Netflix for schools or Uber for schools. In fact, Betsy DeVos, when she was secretary of education, made that direct comparison, Um, you know, held up Uber as a kind of example. And vouchers are not that, right? They are a very old idea rooted in free market ideology rather than in empirical evidence as a kind of educational reform. But now they're being pitched in a new way, right? It's not a voucher. It's an education savings account. It's not a voucher. It's a tax credit. It's not a voucher, right? It's something else. It's who knows where the money's coming from? Who knows what the consequences will be? 
but this is going to be uh, something new that you haven't seen before. Well, we know there's nothing new under the sun, um, but it's being presented as if there is. And then finally, you know, I've mentioned her twice. Betsy DeVos was very successful in her run as Secretary of Education, not in the sense that she accomplished anything in terms of policy, but in that she normalized an extreme kind of rhetoric. So she really did a lot to clear the path for people like Frank Edelblut or his counterparts in other states. And I think we're going to be dealing with the fallout for that uh, for the next few years.